G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. If we're going to make it in eternity with God and Christ, we need to follow the instruction manual. And in today's program, we're going to see this instruction manual in stark simplicity as we continue to learn the Sermon on the Mount. Our series is entitled, The Kingly Messiah, Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, Part 1, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of our larger Understanding the Bible series. And today, we're looking at this amazing phrase of the straight gates, but also of the false prophets. After all, if you listen to false prophets, you'll be led astray and miss out not just on God's best, you might even miss out on God himself. That's how serious it is. That is what is at stake. But if we hear and obey the words of truth, we have nothing to worry about. We're on the path of the just, which keeps getting brighter and brighter to the perfect day. So here we have it, Gospel of Matthew, straight gates and false prophets, found in Matthew 7, verses 13 to 20. And let me read to you the first two verses of our section. Because Jesus says, Enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Just that last phrase alone should cause us to pause and be sober. What is Jesus saying? The way that leads to life and few there be that find it. All I can say is, I know Jesus is telling the truth because Jesus is the truth. And if Jesus says few there be that find it, rather than arguing with Jesus and say, you don't know what you're talking about, Lord, everyone should find it. I would rather than take him at his word and say, Lord, show me how I can be one of those that find it. And you know the prayer is already answered because he tells you how to find it. You can find the way to life. You can find the way to God, to his blessing, to eternal life. All of that is available. It's there. It's found in the word of God. All we have to do is read and obey. And that's why we do what we do. At Teach All Nations, we want to give you God's Word, help make it as clear and practical as possible, so you can be 
among the few that find the way to life. Well, and when we say few, I mean, hopefully, in eternity, when it's revealed, the few will still be a very great multitude. In fact, I know it will be because the scripture tells us. So, what do we learn in this passage? We learn some practical precepts of Christ. We learn that there is a way that leads to destruction. The whole world is heading that way, but we can take God's off-ramp from the wide, broad way that leads to destruction. Take the off-ramp, take the turn-off, I should say, and go to the way of Christ. He tells you how to do it, and he also will tell us something else. Not only about go God's way, which is the narrow way, but also beware of false prophets, which lead you to the broad way, and that false prophets are ones that come in sheep's clothing, but inwardly, being the hypocrites that they are, are ravening wolves. How on earth do you discern a sheep that is genuine from the sheep or lamb that is fake, that is actually the ravening wool? Well, you will tell the difference because of the fruit of their lives. We don't just listen to what they say. We watch what they do. And Jesus actually goes on to tell us, you will know them by their fruit. Because good trees don't bring bad fruit, and bad trees don't bring good fruit. Don't just fall for the external facade. In an image-driven society, it's easy to be deceived because you're looking on the outside and not recognizing what is on the inside. We hear about fake news. Well, here you have fake prophets, fake Christians, fake righteous. Make sure you're not one of them. Make sure you go by the straight, narrow way. Now we want to read the entire portion from Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 20. Our lesson is called Sermon on the Mount, Straight Gates, and False Prophets. And again, the reference is Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 20. So let's listen now to the word of the Lord. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns, or of figs of thistles? Even so, Every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Our reading is from Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 to 20. And our lesson is called Sermon on the Mount, Straight Gates, and False Prophets. Well, this is going to cover a lot of territory, and yet we're only looking at eight verses. But it's amazing, as always, with great economy of words, Jesus 
outlines the way to abundant life in this world and eternal life in the next. So the straight gates, more wonderful, practical, moral principles from Jesus Christ himself through the Sermon on the Mount. We've just learned about prayer and the golden rule. Then they go hand in hand, by the way, effectiveness of prayer and treating people the way you want to be treated. Now we are encouraged to enter into the way of life by what is called the straight or narrow gate. To live by the Sermon on the Mount and the Golden Rule is really the narrow gate, because most people don't. And, you know, I don't want to say it this way, but how many even in the church live by these principles? Probably less than should, and probably less in an age of increasing biblical illiteracy, because when we don't know God's Word, we will be in error. When we know God's Word and don't do it, we are still in error. But when we know God's Word and we do what it says, we are not only right on, but we're building our life on a rock. And so, the Sermon on the Mount, the principles of Christ, the golden rule, the fear of the Lord, all this is the straight, narrow gate. And then Jesus gives the sobering warning that the gate is wide and the way is broad that leads to destruction. And frighteningly, many are going that way. Then the Lord adds that the gate and way to life is narrow and only a few find it. Now, if that doesn't make you uneasy, even nervous, nothing will. The straight gate is discovered through Christ's simple teaching and applying them in obedience. Well, it can't be simpler than that. And that's, again, why we're going through the Sermon on the Mount verse by verse. So we want to choose the straight gate and the narrow way. There was a wonderful, wonderful saint who's now with the Lord, and he used to be a Broadway actor. And he came to faith, and he made this statement, I've gone from the Broadway to the narrow way. Well, not only this guy, our friend, our brother, but so of all of us who've come to faith in Jesus. And from this point then, Jesus turns his attention on false prophets, or let's call them fake prophets, because this is a major challenge. It was a challenge in the Old Testament a challenge in the New Testament, a challenge in church history, and of course, it's a challenge today. We will always have this challenge of the counterfeit versus the genuine until Jesus himself returns. So this is our challenge. Related to this are those guardians of the broad way that leads to destruction. That's what the false prophets do. They're actually taking people to the wide passageway or the wide street. It is not easy to catch false prophets because they are dressed up just like the sheep. I mean, externally, you can't tell the difference between them and the others. But in reality, they're not sheep at all. They are ravening wolves. And that's why we need the gift of discernment. I've heard others emphasize this point, and I want to add my emphasis too. Discernment is not optional. 
In an age of increasing deception, if we don't exercise the godly gift of discernment, we will be deceived, we will be led astray, we will be on that broad way that leads to destruction. Well, I don't want that, and I'm pretty sure you don't either. As I've also learned with this issue, even though the devil's out there deceiving up a storm, the Word of God, I believe, holds us responsible whether we're deceived or whether we stay in God's light. And we can't say, well, the devil made me do it, he deceived me. Well, you allowed yourself to be deceived. That's how we understand Scripture. That's why Jesus himself says in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, take heed that no man deceive you. The Apostle Paul tells the same thing. See that you are not deceived by any means. So the Word of God is telling us, reinforce yourself through discernment. Think of discernment like special glasses, which help you to see things that you wouldn't normally see with normal vision. And the good news is, friends, between the Word of God, the counsel of the Holy Spirit, and even the help of other people, you know, godly, mature, spiritual people, you should be deception proof. You should have discernment that keeps you from the error that leads many astray. So seek God for this, and he will give it to you. He wants you to have the gift of discernment. And the next verse tells us how to have this discernment. It's in Matthew 7, verse 16. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? How do we know fake prophets from true prophets? By the fruit of their lives. Don't just listen to what they say. I mean, let's face it, some are very smooth talking. They've perfected the, the screed, as it were, to an amazing ability. I mean, they can talk so well. If you didn't know any better, you would fall for their rhetoric. But we don't want to fall for anyone's rhetoric, especially when the fruit of the life is very different to the principles out of the mouth. You shall know them by their fruit. Don't just listen to what they say, but watch what they do. In fact, watch and measure the fruit of their lives. Then Jesus asked the rhetorical question, do men gather grapes from among the thorns or figs from between the thistles? Of course not. Isn't that amazing? Jesus takes lofty, invaluable spiritual principles and uses everyday things as metaphors to describe these principles, things anyone can relate to. Of course, we don't go and gather grapes from among the thorns because grapevines don't have thorns. It's obviously the wrong fruit. And since we don't gather grapes from thorns or figs from between the thistles, let's remember this. In Matthew seven seventeen, even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. In an age where we want to separate character from results, you know, and it's been happening a lot. In the last few decades, there are people who are clearly 
clearly morally compromised and corrupt. And yet they have high positions of leadership, and they've tried to disconnect the two, that somehow don't judge me by my character, judge me by the results I'm delivering for the corporation, for the nation, for whatever entity, and many of us have fallen for it. You know, they, they're bringing forth the results that, you know, and if they're bringing forth results, isn't that all that matters? And the answer is no, it's not. Character counts because you can never call someone a good person or a good leader or a good anything when the fruit of their life, personal as well as public, is corrupt. There's no such thing as somebody who is good who does evil. And there's no such thing as someone evil that does good in the long term. No, fruit and giftedness should go together. Just like in Scripture, we have the fruit of the Spirit, which really is Spirit-enhanced and controlled character, as well as gifts of the Spirit, which are godly, supernatural enablements and miracles and breakthroughs, as described in 1 Corinthians 12 that are used to help build up the church. We need both fruit and gifts. So what else do we learn here? As I said, nobody can be a good leader or person and bring forth bad fruit. One's goodness or badness is a measure of the outcome of their life. It is impossible, by the way, Matthew seven eighteen, that a good tree brings forth evil fruit, and it's equally impossible that a corrupt tree brings forth good fruit. Good trees can't bring forth evil fruit. Bad trees, good fruit. Excuse me for the repetition, but we got to get the point across. There is a dire warning in verse 19 of Matthew 7. Every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. It doesn't become plainer and more stark than this. Finally, in verse 20 of Matthew 7, discernment through fruit. Again, the emphasis is that Jesus is saying, we bring forth good fruit or else. Yet earlier, we learned that we are evil. How can we bring forth good fruit when we're evil? Somehow, the depravity of our hearts has to be removed, and a state of goodness and righteousness must take its place if we're going to enter into eternal life if we're going to be on that narrow way, if we're to avoid the fire of hell itself. We need to discover the straight gate and narrow way. Thank God the way has been made through Jesus Christ, as revealed by the Word of God and quickened by the Holy Spirit. Our lesson is called The Sermon on the Mount, Straight Gates and False Prophets. Our lesson for life is Repentance towards God and faith towards Christ in his gospel are the foundations of departing from the wide gate and broad way that leads to destruction and entering into the power of an endless life. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. Also go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter bringing future-ready advice to your inbox with articles from the Bible, victorious Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word.
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you in Jesus' name for the Sermon on the Mount. Help us to go on the straight, narrow gate and pathway that leads to life. More importantly, help us to help others to find that way, because he that wins souls is wise. And help us to have a hunger and desire for your kingdom that will live by kingdom principles found in the Sermon on the Mount and also be a light shining in a dark place to our needy world. We praise you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.